0: The scripture today is from Jonah 4, 4-11. through And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. and also much cattle
1: thank you Pam I clearly should have chosen the song I'll fly away for today hello my name is Inigo Montoya Now, this is not some new demented liturgy that our church family is considering. For those of you who just responded to my call and gave the response, you know that that's from the 1987 movie, The Princess Bride. It's a classic movie that is regularly watched and rewatched in my home. And now, while that line, for those of you that know the movie, know that that is the character's most famous line, interestingly, it's not the actor's famous line, most favorite line that is. The, the actor named Mandy Patinkin, who played the character of Inigo Montoya in that movie, was interviewed in, 19, I'm sorry, in 2013. And in the interview, here I'll put this a little closer in my mouth, so we can hopefully turn it down a little bit. And in the interview, he, was, he said that one night he walked into the living room as his wife was watching, rewatching the movie. And there was a line at the end of the movie that he uttered as a 30-year-old that then, as a 58-year-old, he heard, and it was like hearing it for the first time. And he said, it hit me how profound the line was. Because at the end of the movie, for those of you who don't know, Patinkin's character has spent the entire movie seeking revenge for his father's unjust death. And at the end, he finally gets it. And having gotten the revenge that he has spent his entire life seeking, he utters this line. It is very strange. I've been in the revenge business for so long. Now that it's over, I do not know what to do with the rest of my life. And the actor said, it hit me just how profound that line truly was. I've been in the revenge business so long. Now that it's over, I do not know what to do with the rest of my life. He didn't know who he was. He was having an identity crisis. Revenge had become more than what he did. It had become part of his identity. It had become what drove him and defined him and consumed him. And now that he had finally gotten what he most desired, revenge, he was facing an identity crisis. Who was he now? And friends, this is the exact same problem that we find the prophet Jonah is facing in today's passage. You see, revenge and anger had become his identity it came to define him and to consume him but unlike this character in Montoya Jonah didn't get what he most desired he didn't get revenge on Israel's enemies and so now Jonah also faces an identity crisis you see anger anger had become part of Jonah's very character and now he had no hope of getting revenge so who was he now? Who was he? You see, the Lord has revealed a very different character throughout this book. It's really a counterpoint to Jonah's character. Whereas Jonah has been characterized through the entire book as angry and seeking revenge, the Lord has been shown throughout this book to be compassionate. And it's the Lord's character of compassion that has served as a foil and also a source of frustration to Jonah. See, Jonah's angry. He's angry at the Lord's compassion because the Lord's character challenged Jonah's character. As Jonah faces who the Lord is, he's forced to face who he's become. And how is he going to reconcile the two? Who will Jonah now be? Who will Jonah now be? He's having an identity crisis. And we hear the Lord gently rebuke Jonah in verse 4. Do you do well to be angry? Jonah, this is who you are. You are an angry person. You've lived your life for anger and for revenge. Do you do well to be angry? This is who you are, but is this who you will now be? This may be your character now. You may be consumed with anger and revenge, all too angry to meet your enemies and say, Hello, my name is Jonah, son of Amittai. You threaten my people. Prepare to die. That is who you may have been, Jonah. But knowing now what you know about me and about my compassion, I'm the God who called you. You now have seen, revealed, and you've experienced firsthand the character of me, the God of compassion. So who now will you become? Yes, this is who you have been. But do you do well to be angry? Who will you now be? And friends, this is a question that God might ask of many of his followers today. Do you do well to be angry? You know, Kevin posted an article on the church Facebook page this week titled, Angry Christians and the Compassion of God. Angry Christians and the Compassion of God. And the author's conclusion in this article is sound. The author writes, let's be honest. Being angry is a much easier option than living as people of compassion. Being angry is a much easier option. Friends, anger is easy. It's really the default when something that we value is threatened. And there is much anger in Christian circles today because many have a sense that we're losing a culture war. There's a feeling that biblical teaching is now being wrongly characterized by many as hate speech. There's fear because things revealed in scripture confirmed by science and that humanity is universally agreed upon for thousands of years all now seem up for grabs. There's anger because we're not even being allowed allowed to just live and let live. Everyone is being socially pressured, legally harassed, and culturally canceled if they refuse to join in the celebration of the emperor's new clothes, new marriage, new gender, and new political cause. Others are angry today because they feel that our fundamental religious freedoms are being threatened and stolen and blown away. Others feel like our fundamental religious freedoms are being threatened and stolen and again blown away by government lockdowns and mask mandates. The government's overreach and they're angry that other Christians have capitulated to fear rather than living in faith. And still others are angry because they perceive those who refuse to wear a mask are endangering the health of others without reason, that their actions are unloving and selfish, and Christians who refuse to wear masks make the church look foolish at best, callous at worst. The point is, our anger is easy. It's our default. It's the default when something that we value is threatened, whether that something is a cherished belief, a fundamental freedom, health and safety, or our witness before a watching world. Anger was Jonah's natural response to the Assyrians, to the citizens of Nineveh. And friends, Jonah's fears were not unrealistic. In fact, we know from history that Assyria eventually came and destroyed the ten northern tribes of Israel. So Jonah's fear of them and anger towards them was not unfounded. His anger was quite natural. Something he loved, his nation and his people were truly being threatened. And as such, when the Lord called Jonah to go to Nineveh, Jonah went with the easier message, the one that came more naturally to him. Anger. A message of condemnation. Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. But friends, surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, Nineveh actually responded to Jonah's message. And they repented. And they turned from their evil. However, as we discussed before, while they turned from evil, there's no indication that the people of Nineveh turned to the Lord in circumcision or sacrifice or obedience to the Torah law. But Jonah had no compassion. He was still angry. After their initial repentance, Jonah didn't return to Nineveh to teach the people about the Lord and how to follow him. He didn't return to the city to teach them about circumcision, sacrifice, or Torah law. No, Jonah ran from Nineveh outside the city to complain and to pout and to wait in anger, hoping that God might change his mind still. I've been in the anger business so long, I don't know how to do differently. Over time, Jonah had gone from someone who merely got angry to someone who was angry. It had become part of his character, his identity. And now, it seems he doesn't even know how to do otherwise. And church, this is the danger that we face too. Our fears like Jonah's may be completely legitimate. And so we, like Jonah, might choose the easier message, the one that comes most naturally to all of us, anger. A message of condemnation. Yet 40 days and you shall be overthrown. But church like Jonah, the Lord has called us not to go to this world in anger, but in compassion. The Lord has called us not to a message of condemnation, but of compassion. Now hear me correctly. The Lord in no way called Jonah and in no way is calling us to a message of compromise. The Lord never told Jonah, say to the people, Hey, I'm okay, you're okay, everything's good. Live and let live. He didn't tell Jonah to go compromise the message. And the Lord never today will call us to compromise the truth, change the message, or alter Christian belief. It's not this is not about compromising message. This is about the character of the messenger. This isn't about compromising the message. This is about the character of the messenger. And with Jonah, the Lord was working hard to change the character of his messenger. Because clearly, Jonah's character was wrong. He was full of anger. And with Jonah, the Lord was working hard to change his character. During the time that Jonah pouted outside the city, what did God do? He continued to show compassion to the wayward prophet. He caused the plant to quickly grow up, shaved Jonah just as quickly, caused the plant to die. And Jonah's response was, shockingly, anger. So the Lord says to Jonah, you have more compassion on the plant than you have on people. The plant, which you didn't nurture, you didn't plant, you didn't cause to grow, the plant that was here today and gone tomorrow, you care more about it than a city full of people. A city full of people and the cows. Don't forget the cows. Which is probably the funniest phrase in Jonah. that We have to end the book talking about cattle. But interestingly, those final few words of Jonah about the cows, while they make us chuckle, they're probably another attempt for the Lord to jab Jonah's conscience. He's saying, so you don't have any compassion on the people of Nineveh, you know, because you're clearly a botanist. So how about the bovines? You know, you don't have any compassion on the people. You don't want me to withhold judgment for their sake, but let's meet in the middle. Plants, people, how about the cows? Should I have compassion because of the cows? You know, throughout the book, the Lord is concerned for the character of His messenger. He's trying to awaken in Jonah an awareness of his utter lack of compassion and invite Jonah to a character of compassion. Jonah, you have more compassion on plants than on people. Do you do well to be angry? And we laugh at Jonah. We go, gosh, how could he be so clueless? But friends, one day, what might the Lord say to us? You cared more about politics than about people. You cared more about your rights than people. You cared more about your health Than people. You cared more about your own comfort than people. Do we have the Lord's character of compassion any more than Jonah did? Do we get any less angry than he did? You know, again, it's not about compromising the message, it's a question about the character of the messenger. It's not about changing our positions, but it's changing our posture. It's not about ideology. This is about identity. The problem with Jonah, church, is the problem with each one of us. We need a new identity. We need a character of compassion. We need the same character that the Lord displayed throughout this entire book. The Lord has been consistently and unwaveringly compassionate compassionate to the undeserving. The pagan sailors that were caught in Jonah's storm, he showed compassion the wicked heathen of Nineveh, he showed compassion. And here the disobedient, obstinate, angry prophet who continues to run from him, the Lord consistently displays a character of compassion. Will we? Now friends, looking at the Lord's compassion, does that mean that God doesn't actually get angry at sin? Does that mean that he's apathetic towards it? No, not at all. That's not the message. The Lord is angry at sin because anger is the natural reaction when something we love is threatened. And sin threatens what God loves. It mars His good creation. Sin destroys people, body, mind, and relationally. Sin separates humanity from Him. And one day, God is going to unleash His just wrath upon all sin. He's going to judge and destroy all evil that damages, divides, and destroys. However, before that day of condemnation, the Lord is showing his compassion. Jonah was not sent by the Lord to condemn Nineveh, which is what Jonah in his anger wanted to do. 40 days, and you're all going to be overthrown. Jonah was sent to compassionately offer the people of Nineveh the opportunity to repent and to be saved. And church, this. This is the gospel. This is the good news of God's character and His compassion. For what the Lord did for the people of Nineveh and Jonah, the Lord has done for each one of us in Jesus Christ. You know, just about everyone knows John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. But what about the verse after that? John 3.17. Because here in this verse we understand all the more deeply the compassion of the Lord. John 3.17 says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. The Lord did not send Jesus to condemn us, though He would have been just in doing so. The Lord, in His great compassion, sent Jesus, giving us an opportunity to repent and to be saved. And friends, if you are here with us today physically, if you're logged on with us online and you've never heard or responded to this gospel, this good news, the good news of the compassion of God, then don't delay. Because one day all of the sin and evil that damages, divides and destroys God's good creation will be judged and it will be condemned. However, because of the Lord's great mercy and His compassion, we have an opportunity here and now to repent and to turn to Him to trust and to be saved. As the Apostle Peter writes in 2 Peter 3 verse 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, to return as some count slowness, but He's patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The Lord's character is a character of compassion as we sang this morning everyone needs compassion a love that's never failing everyone needs forgiveness the kindness of a savior and friends have you responded to that kindness and to the compassion of Jesus Christ and if you haven't what stops you from doing so today in church we need to ask ourselves like the Lord was asking Jonah, does our character reflect God's character? A character of compassion as revealed through this Jonah episode and most perfectly revealed to us in Jesus Christ. How do you and I, like Jonah, need to have an identity crisis? I've been in the anger business so long, I don't know what to do. And the Lord asks us, so do you do well to be angry? Are we too often and too quickly and too naturally people of anger and of condemnation rather than people of compassion? Because anger is easy. It's natural. It's our default. But compassion, compassion is costly. And at the very end of the book, the Lord compassionately continues to try to jostle Jonah into an identity crisis to awaken Jonah's own compassion. In verse 11, the Lord describes the people of Nineveh, and how does he describe them? Persons who do not know their right hand from their left. Now he's not saying they're stupid. This is an idiom meaning that they're morally and spiritually confused. They're backwards, they're mixed up. Now, the Lord doesn't say this excuses them or they shouldn't be held responsible, but he does say, shouldn't you have compassion on a lost, a deceived, a confused people? Because church, the gospel, the good news is that that's exactly what Jesus does. As Jesus hung upon the cross, bearing the weight of humanity's sin and injustice, he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They don't know their right hand from their left. He wasn't excusing the evil of those who crucified them or saying they weren't responsible for their actions. This was a cry of compassion. They do not know their right hand from their left. They're duped, they're deceived, they're confused, they're lost. But I give my life for them right now that they might be saved. Jesus could have rightly and justly been angry at them because their actions were unjust and hurtful, but instead God's character of compassion was evident. Father, forgive them. Church, this was Jesus' prayer. And this must be the prayer of his people, his messengers. As we engage in the culture wars and we find ourselves in a world increasingly hostile towards biblical Christianity, I know that many might say, I've been in the anger business so long, I don't know what to do. But we might ask the Lord to give us His character of compassion. Pray for Him to give us His character, that we might pray as Jesus did, Father, forgive them. They don't know their right hand from their left and what they need most is not condemnation. They need compassion. They need the gospel. Jesus was sent not to justly condemn the world, but because of the Lord's character of compassion that the world might be saved through him. Now, notice this is not an allowance to compromise, alter, or water down the message. This is about the character of the messengers. Will we be messengers characterized by condemnation or characterized by compassion? Because whether Jonah liked it or not, the Lord's message was one of compassion. The pagan sailors accepted it, and so did the heathen citizens of Nineveh. But the question is, will Jonah accept the Lord's message of compassion? Will he believe and receive the Lord's message of compassion and allow his character to be changed as he faces this identity crisis? Who will Jonah now become? And the book of Jonah ends with this unanswered question. It ends on a cliffhanger. The question remains unanswered at the end of the book because every single reader of this book, you and I, are invited to answer this question for your and myself. Friends, will we receive and believe the Lord's message of compassion? And church, will we receive not only the Lord's message of compassion, but also His character of compassion? Do we do well to be angry? With every reason to be angry, by His grace and the work of the Spirit, can we still compassionately pray like Jesus did and go like Jesus did and live as Jesus did? Praying, Father, forgive them. Who will we become? What character will we be known for? And asking that, let's pray. Father, give us a character, a character like yours, a character of compassion. And thank you for your compassion by which we are saved. Thank you for the grace that poured out from the cross of Jesus Christ, the power that we might live a new life that came by his resurrection. And Father, Make us both messengers of this grace and make us gracious people. Make us both messengers of compassion and may we bear your character of compassion as we go forth to the world, to the ends of the earth, declaring Jesus Christ. His name be praised now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please stand and join in the closing hymn.